WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Friday, October 20th. It is indeed Kale & Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always live on the free Odyssey app. And, of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube as we head until 10 o'clock this morning. 855-839-1210, the phone number. Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210 WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L. Don Stenzlin with the news. Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board. Daniel Valdez, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers. Loaded show today. Uh, apparently the Philadelphia Phillies are human. They, they, <laughs> they, 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 they can lose a game. I did not know that. But that was actually a thing yesterday. Don, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Doing great. Did you enjoy uh, our fearless leader's presentation last night to the American masses? Oh yeah, I know you'll. I know it's your big take today. So it's more like a little take, a li- oh, because little. it was so predictable that it was just a shriveled up little take. But we will get to that. Gregory, how are you? You know you owe Dawn forty dollars, right? <laughs> I owe her forty. You twenty. No, no, no. I said. How about Odyssey just keeps my paycheck this week? I said that I would give my winnings over. Just sign them over to Dawn. If All right. The Phillies lost, or if the Phillies lost. That's true. The, the Phillies lost. They so. did. <laughs> they did. $40 richer is Miss Stenslin. That is correct. Dawn, I think it would be a great opportunity to take that $40, throw it in the crock pot, get some chili going <laughs> in the slow cooker. Just a suggestion. But we got a lot of stuff to get to today. Um, obviously, Joe Biden in prime time last night. Also, some unbelievable numbers uh, with Joe Biden and some new polling data with swing states and battleground states that favor the former president over the current president. We'll get to Jim Jordan as day three uh, did not go as planned. <laughs> Hot mess. Hot mess. That's one way to put it. That is one way to put it. And Trump derangement syndrome cases are on the uptick, including Rachel Maddow with one of the most outrageous comments you'll ever hear from somebody that has Trump derangement syndrome. And Cher's back in the news as well. Who? Cher. No. Like Sonny and Cher. No, I, yeah, yeah no, her. No, I got it. Didn't know she was still around. Didn't you just hear Jimmy Fela's funny commentary? I, I did. I did, <laughs> which is really good. Um, so He's we'll get so to that. funny. He's the best. <laughs> and then apparently with Victoria's Secret, they never got the memo that Woke never succeeds. Uh, apparently Vicky did not receive that memo. So Wait, Victoria's Secret went Woke? No. Who knew? I mean, well, not anymore. Imagine ditching hot, beautiful women in lingerie for something else. Yeah. Why don't you just say, let's lose all of our profits, you morons? (laughs) We could have told them that. I know. I probably paid somebody some consultant a fortune. I know. When it wasn't me. (laughs) uh, You know, there's consultants out there making all sorts of money for bad decisions. Uh, But I digress. 6.05 Friday morning. Let's get it going. And oh, by the way. The debut this morning at 9.30 Uh of essentially two different segments, we are going to do a Greg Stalker email bag. The the mail bag. The mail Mail bag. bag. Uh And a Ask Us Anything segment that I believe will come via YouTube, Uh Twitter, and the phones. Oh, no. 
which is basically a free-for-all for you to put us on the spot with bizarre questions, and any one of us will have to answer them on the fly. Who signed up for this? Not, it wasn't me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The listeners can ask us whatever they want to? Apparently. Apparently. I don't like this. Working in new wrinkles on a Friday. Am I supposed to be the boss here? Why Why do I get no say? Um, Where are you? Hello? I don't know. Let's be out of my pay grade. This is, this is, this is... And what time is this happening? 9.30. I have to leave early today. I forgot to tell you. <laughs> I've got a meeting at 9.15. Valdez will be in here. Yeah, it's true. He can answer all my questions for me. <laughs> Great night last night at Parks. Uh, Zioli, the crew out there, good times indeed. Uh, and I got home just in time to catch the DVR of Joe Biden. So I broke that down like a uh, NFL analyst watching the tape. And I'm disgusted. Uh, Chris Forsyth already on the YouTube uh, chat says, this is going to go downhill real quick. Yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> oh, a, boy. I might be pivoting to cut sheet part <laughs> two super quick today. Well, without further ado, let's get the news. The great Dawn Stenzel at 6.06 on a Friday. Yes, and good morning this Friday, October 20th. We'll get to our Philadelphia Phillies and all the lowlights on that one. Uh, the funeral arrangements have been announced for Officer Richard Mendez, of course, gunned down while in the line of duty last week in a Philadelphia in Philadelphia International Airport in that garage. So there will actually be two different events next week honoring the 22-year veteran of our Philadelphia Police Department. Public viewing is Monday, 5:30 in the evening till 8:30 in the evening. Givnish Funeral Home, Academy Road, Philadelphia. Then Tuesday, second viewing will be from 8 a.m to 11 a.m. at the Cathedral Basilica of Saints Peter and Paul. That's on Ray Street in Philadelphia. And then the funeral service for Officer Mendez will be immediately right after that. Uh, They're pointing out and they're putting this out that the seating inside the basilica is reserved for family, friends, law law enforcement personnel, dignitaries. It it is expected to be packed, and if you know the basilica, it's huge. But you're going to have law enforcement from not just here in Philadelphia, across the region and from across the country. I actually saw leaving parks last night an individual coming in with a navy blue T-shirt, big yellow letters with the Philadelphia PD badge logo saying, pray for Officer Mendez's family. Very touching. Yeah. Yeah, so many beautiful tributes. And if you're just joining us or you didn't hear what happened, Officers Mendez and Raul Ortiz had just arrived at work about 11 p.m. last Thursday, a week ago, They heard breaking glass, then witnessed several people, thugs, armed thugs, breaking into a car in the parking lot at Philadelphia International Airport. That's when, of course, they went into action and a confrontation ensued. The two officers and one of the suspects were shot as they all were firing upon the officers. So Officer Raul Ortiz continues, continues to heal from his wounds. And as we've told you, he received a wonderful standing ovation at our Phil's game. So maybe, I don't know, maybe they need to fly him to Arizona and um, honor him again, as well as maybe get our Phil's fired up as uh, we lost last night. We'll talk about that in a moment. I I did want to let you know that although we're going to talk, everybody's talking in the nation about what happened with regard to the third vote that didn't happen, Jim Jordan, House of Representatives in D.C. But did you know about that chaos that happened in Philadelphia City Council yesterday. For example, they took up a resolution condemning the brutal, deadly Hamas terror attacks on Israel, and pro-Palestinians were uh, t- uh, demonstrators were there to testify against this resolution. 
And that's when all you-know-what broke loose, yelling, disruptions. They had to cut off the testimony. So uh, Philadelphia couldn't even get it together to actually come together and vote and, and, and say, we want to condemn the deadly attack against civilians. Sheer madness. Two weeks in, I'm still befuddled by it. I don't get it. Because polling numbers say most Americans support Israel. But yet again, it's like the select vocal minority percentages that just show up and cause chaos. It's a sin. It so, is. In, uh, so that's Philadelphia. We take you to the House of Representatives, D.C. Uh, a lot of chaos in that house. we got to get our house to in order, whether it's Philadelphia, this is Republicans why have, in D.C. Yeah, this is why I have an apartment. <laughs> I'm all housed out, if you know what I mean. Get it together. So apparently we're hearing that Jim Jordan is not going to give up, and so they're they're allegedly going to have this third vote. I, I don't know. It sounds like it's over. Everybody's digging their heels in. Where's that meme of from Rocky Four <laughs> with what's his name going? Throw the damn towel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy next to Pauly, he throws in the towel. And it's a little too late for Apollo. Exactly. Wow. And uh, in a moment, you'll hear, of course, our Nick Kale, his big take on Biden's, or a little take. It'll be a little shriveled take. It is. Which what? I'm, it's a little uh, shriveled one. A little shriveled it's like a four, one? It's like a four-minute big take. I couldn't even get seven minutes out of Joe. Wow. Yeah. So. But we'll have conversation. We'll have that in a moment. It. Yeah. But we have to get to our Philadelphia Phillies yeah. and talk about last night in, you know, we tuned in, and I don't even know, it was it was like the eighth or ninth inning. They hadn't scored, and I thought, okay, we're just going to, we're going to win this one. Maybe you thought that too. Nope. Diamondbacks defeat Phils 2-1, to one, Game 3, NLCS. They're in Arizona. They did have this really cool pool, on the, which was very neat, in the dugout. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. I did not. Yeah, it's... Uh, That's awesome. What a great idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's did not, they have the cause baseball I, though? I didn't. I was listening to the game on WIP <laughs> heading over to Parks. Did they have the roof closed for the whole game, or was the roof open? Do we know? I because, think the roof was closed. Okay, because yeah. then that that explains why they hit no home runs because the ball doesn't carry as far when they when they close that roof. Well, that that center field too is even uh, one of the uh, one of the announcers on the TV said said something to the effect of if that was Citizens Bank Park that would have it's been gone. gone. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, it was. I figured, was, I figured Arizona was going to get one. I picked the Phillies in five, so they got one last night. Well, yeah, they're not going to go undefeated. I, mean, I know. Like, that doesn't happen in no, baseball. No, The good thing about baseball is that, you know, one bad loss and you're back at it the next day. No, it's a marathon. Yeah, you don't, have to, you don't need a week to stew over. Right. So do we have a little highlights yeah, or lowlights? Well, yeah, this is this is the final out. Speaking uh, of out, little takes, the let's wa- get to the Phillies. The walk-off, <laughs> uh, the walk-off last Ooh. night for uh, Arizona. This is how it sounded on... 94 WIP. Marsh, a few steps towards the line and left. Rojas shaded the other way as well. 0-1-1. Kimbrell kicks. Here's the pitch. Swing and a line drive center field. Game over. <laughs> Marte wins it. it and we've got a series. <laughs> as the Diamondbacks walk off the Phillies. 2-1. to one On Cattell Marte's third hit of the day. It was a pitching goal. I yeah, mean, it really was. So. Might, might need uh, might need Fransky on my board saying just game over. <laughs> I'm going to play that for Jim Jordan after every round of votes. Game over, Jim. We struck out 13 times. I know. Yeah, I mean they didn't hit. They you didn't know hit. what? It was it was a pitching goal. And by the way, the umps had some bad calls. Oh, they did they? Really bad calls. Well, yeah, blame like the umps. Now you're taking a no, 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 chapter no, no, out of no, my book. No, uh-huh. no, no. The Phillies need to hit. I'm just saying that there was a lot of there was a lot of check swings. Okay. Uh, that uh, <laughs> that. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Bullpen game tonight. I expect runs. There. Well, my husband bought tickets for Saturday. Oh, yeah? I think all of us, I think we take a road trip. I, I'm in. I'm still take a road for, trip. I'm still waiting for you to bring me lunch or dinner one day, <laughs> much less a Phillies game. Yeah, Nick, did you, I'm going to hold my breath. Just, don't hold your breath. <laughs> Well, it's, she wanna, I just pray that Dawn responds to my text from time to time. I did last yeah, night. She did. Thank you. One, one in every five hundred. Because <laughs> <laughs> the boys didn't have a paper or something. Yep. All right, fifty-eight degrees. It's it's ugly out there, and I'm hearing about more and more. There's some accidents, including on the Schuylkill westbound. So be safe as you're driving in. Mama Zioli always says, "Be safe, baby." Fifty-eight degrees, cloudy, rainy, scattered showers today. You know what? There are some changes in the forecast, and it's not. It's not as bad as we thought, okay? So today, 71 degrees, even though it's this raw, rainy morning, we're actually going to see sunshine this afternoon. So the clouds are going to break for some sun this afternoon, 71. Tomorrow, yes, we'll wake up to some rain. It'll be kind of a nasty morning. However, we will clear out 65 degrees, and we will see the sun. The only difference is it's going to be quite breezy, quite windy tomorrow, so it won't really feel like 65 in the afternoon. And then for Sunday, quite cool, 59 degrees, but partly sunny skies. Monday, if the Phils have to come back home and play back home for Monday, Tuesday, we're looking at bright, sunny skies for next Monday and Tuesday in the low to mid-60s. That's your NBC10 First Alert forecast. You are listening to Kale & Company News Live. All right, Don. thank you very much. 6.15 Friday morning, last big take of the week. The Big Take on Kale & Company. All right, The Big Take this morning. President Biden in prime time. Joe Biden addressed the nation last night at 8 p.m. from the Oval Office as the president gave a speech on the United States' response to the Hamas attacks on Israel as well as an update on the war between Russia and Ukraine. And I have many takeaways from the horrific presentation as, once again, the 46th president of the United States misses the mark and fails to set a tone that most Americans can relate to, rally behind, and identify with. I actually felt a mild tone of Joe Biden kind of scolding Israel in a way. Did anybody else sense that? You know, this caps off two weeks of shows in which I am still scratching my head over the amount of people, whatever the percentage may be, that are not 100% backing the Israelis over what Hamas did to their people. And the question needs to be asked, why is Joe Biden so timid and afraid of ruffling the feathers of a nation like Iran? And speaking of Iran and the weak, fragile leadership of the Biden administration, the Iranians are now in business with the Russians when it comes to the sale and acquisitions of drones. That should make the Ukrainians and the Israelis, as well as Americans, feel quite comfortable. Hashtag sarcasm. And speaking of Russia and Ukraine, how is it that Joe Biden spent probably more minutes on the never-ending, non-stop funding war between Russia and Ukraine than this savagery that occurred just 13 days ago? Americans now more than ever have never given less public support for the Russia-Ukraine conflict when it comes to America's financial aid packages. I get the sense that Joe Biden is kind of using Israel as some sort of a half-hearted prop or a shield to further justify and further fund what's going on with Ukraine. But let me get back to Israel and Hamas, because that should have been the crux of last night. Take a very quick listen to 46, making a bold yet factually incorrect statement. Listen and watch. Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. 
Actually, Joey, the Palestinians elected Hamas in a landslide. If you do a little bit of research, they carry 76 seats in their parliament. So they do represent an overwhelming majority of Palestinians. Again, defending the terrorists, not the victims. Then Joe would get it back to Russia and Ukraine. Here's another powerful prime example of the most powerful man in the free world taking another L against the teleprompter. Listen and watch. And if Putin attacks a NATO ally, we will defend every inch of NATO which a treaty requires and calls for. We'll have something that we do not seek. Make it clear, we do not seek. We do not seek to have American troops fighting in Russia or fighting against Russia. Real convincing, Joseph. I don't think you were supposed to say make it convincing there. That was added for notes of emphasis, but I digress. I'm sure Putin and others heard what Joe said and decided immediately, you know what, Joe Biden, he speaks softly and carries a big stick. It's time to end all engagement with the Ukrainians. Let's bail out. I'm sure the Middle East saw that and said, you know what, ceasefire, baby. No more attacking the Israelis. But the amount of time Biden spent in this address to the American citizens talking about Giving even more money to Zelensky is staggering. Did he even talk about for more than 10 seconds the rise of anti-Semitism going on all over major cities in America and the hate speech that's being spewed on college campuses? J.D. Vance of Ohio making a great point, tweeting the following. What Biden did in what he is doing is disgusting. He's using dead children in Israel to sell his disastrous Ukraine policy to skeptical Americans. They are not the same countries. They are not the same problems, and this effort to use Israel for political cover is offensive. Basically, Israel is now the human shield that Biden is holding up to further advance his war and his funding of Ukraine against Russia. If the goal of the administration was to make America look even more inept, weak, and clueless, I would say mission accomplished. If the goal of the administration was to ease the anxiety of Americans worried about the start of World War III, I would say mission failed. But then again, did you expect anything less? I'm actually glad I didn't watch it live in real time and I was able to DVR it because it left me unsatisfied as usual. But this is the same administration that just yesterday doxed special ops forces in Israel on a social media post, seemingly by accident, but obviously a clueless decision, only adding fuel to the fire that this could be the most inept, clueless administration in American history. But in conclusion, let's hear Joe Biden standing up for Islamophobia, almost as if the cue card on the teleprompter was written by squad Dems. Listen and watch this. About their daily lives. And I know many of you in the Muslim American community, the Arab American community, the Palestinian American community, and so many others are outraged and hearty, saying to yourselves, here we go again with Islamophobia and distrust we saw after 9-11. Just last week, a mother was brutally stabbed. A little boy, here in the United States, a little boy. And here we go with Joe Biden once again, missing the mark, burying the lead, and remains completely tone deaf. Actually, it was such a bad speech last night that if I was an advisor for the Biden administration, I would have said, let's hold off on this speech until maybe Sunday night. Joe just traveled to Israel. He's older than you know what. Let's give him a few days to recover and maybe get his whereabouts with him a little bit better. Let him rest up a little bit and maybe sell home his speech on more rest. But you get what you vote for. Not this audience, but clueless Americans in general. You get what you vote for. And that's the big take. The 
Big Take on Kale & Company. All right, we will have some thoughts and reaction to what we watched or witnessed last night, and we will do so on the other side. 855-839-1210 is how you climb in. Social media, Instagram and Twitter, at 1210WPHT. And, of course, on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe buttons to be a part of the Kale & Company comment community. We'll continue on with Joe Biden and the disastrous administration that is, as well as some terrible polling numbers, But if you're a Trump supporter, you're going to like what you hear yet again. That's coming up next. But you're also going to like what you hear now if you're in the market for a truck. I'm talking about the 2023 Honda Ridgeline Black Edition from Piazza Honda of Springfield. It's been about five and a half months since I got into this beautiful truck. And if you're a truck person like me, now's the time to visit Piazza Honda in Springfield. If you can't get to that location, that's fine. Philadelphia, Langhorne. Pottstown, or Reading to take advantage of 0.9% APR financing. But if you're not a truck person, that's fine as well. The Honda Civic, the Accord, the CRV, and the newly designed SUV, the Pilot, it is absolutely gorgeous. And the Piazza Auto Group, now with 17 brands and 35 locations. It's my go-to for all things automotive. To find your new or certified pre-owned vehicle today, just check them out online, piazzaautogroup.com. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Friday morning, Scaling Company, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Nick, Dawn, and Greg. Heading until 10 o'clock this morning. What's on the cut sheet at 745? The debut of a possibly weekly Friday segment. Mailbag with Greg Stocker and Ask Us Anything. And it could go terribly, terribly bad. But that's what we do on this show. We don't run from the commentary, the criticisms, or the critiques. We take them head on. And this could lead to all of us being in a very precarious situation around 9.30. Have that dump button ready, by the way. Uh-oh. <laughs> 855-839-1210, the number. Two uh, absurd cases of Trump derangement syndrome coming up in about 20 minutes. Uh, and also we're going to get to some Biden approval, or I should say disapproval numbers and some battleground state numbers as well in just a moment. But uh, Joe, last night, um, I believe shortly after 8 o'clock, I had, a, I had the DVR set for uh, Channel 6, and I was able to get home around 8.45 from Parks and watch it. But, Dawn, I know you were watching it in real time. Um, your thoughts and reaction, I'm assuming, for the most part, relatively similar to what I was able to uh, gather from last night's disaster? Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he delivered it. It's important that he was there. So we all want to rah-rah and rally around our country and around Israel, and I support Israel, and I certainly think that it's a, it's wonderful to see that, that most of the world comes out and says it is wrong to go door-to-door and slaughter innocent, unarmed civilians. That's, a, that's wrong, and so that's good. On the other hand, I, I just think, you know, he didn't, there wasn't, a big moment. No. You know, you think of in, in every speech by every past president, when there's a moment where you have to step up and have like, and, and I have to say like that Reagan moment, mm-hmm. you know, where you take it and and everybody gets chill bumps and, and, you, and, you, hoorah, own, and, and you, you own it. You own it and right. you know we've got your back and we are the USA and we're not going to stand for this type of going door to door and slaughtering innocent people, and take our Americans. Mm-hmm. You know, you. I mean, that was one thing with Donald J. Trump. 
when you know you, if you had an American, and we remember he brought home people that they said weren't going to come home. It's like no, no, no. You don't touch the hair on the head of an American, right? Okay, and I, I need for me that was a piece of this that we have, uh, you know, uh, what thirty one Americans confirmed dead. We have American hostages. Mm-hmm. No, you. You do not do that. Well, maybe we can trade share. We can send share over to the Middle East and bring yeah. some Americans back. Share's very popular, a lot of money. Maybe share can net us 10 Americans in return. Yeah, maybe she can <laughs> turn back time. And yeah, I wish I could too some days. And, the, and I know we talked about this before, but I will say that, that the reason I think that even Israel is acknowledging something, and that is the last uh, contested election that they've, technically had before Hamas took over the Gaza Strip in 2007. Mm-hmm. The last one was technically in in 2006. Mm-hmm. So we, t- I mean, I know we talked about this a week ago, but I think that's what he was referencing and the Israelis keep putting out there as well and others to say, hey, this group over, they ran on hope and change. Sound familiar? Change and reform. Mm-hmm. That's what they ran on. They became, when Hamas took over, they won 44 percent to 41 percent against the Fatah regime, which we talked about, which is much more moderate. Mm-hmm. And so really, technically, 2000 since they got in there, 2007, that's when they became much more militant. And they've not had true. They've had, they've not had elections since then. Yep. And so I I do think that leaves a lot of room for compassion for people, for, for the Palestinians to say, get Fatah back, wipe out Hamas. They became violent. And so the other piece that I have a big problem with is, and maybe I sound like a horrible person, but I, we just throw around money. I know. A hundred billion dollars. I know. And, you know, it's like, oh, a hundred, oh, no problem. You, you know, well, what about the American people and what we've been through and what our kids have been through and the pandemic and this economy? And you look at, for people who want to buy a home, if you find a home at a reasonable price, which it doesn't exist, right. and then, you know, 8% interest rates, like, oh my, OMG, I'm, you know? I'm glad you're bringing this up <laughs> because I saw a headline yesterday that the annual income you need to make now to be able to afford the median price of a home in the United States, you need to make $114,986 per year. Now, that's household combined. So- I mean, most. I think the average American salary is in the fifties, uh, mid to high fifty thousands. So you even let's just say husband and wife make fifty five thousand dollars a year. That's one hundred and ten thousand dollars a year. That leaves you still short of the median price that you could afford for a home in this country. So, like when when we talk about Trump and make America great again, and people mock Biden with America last, he they're not wrong when they say America last because. Right now, in the last three and a half years, the average home price is up 46%. People can't afford to buy a nice, like the American dream feels like it could be dead right now. It's not attainable. Yeah. And to your point. Yeah. So uh, to me, those were my, there was not this strong moment to say we stand behind and you don't mess with America. But at the same time, this much money that, and, and you think about Ukraine and you think about what was it last summer, within the last year, uh, you know, all the tens of millions, hundreds of millions we just doled out to Africa. It's like everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We it's just, like a game show. We'll call it Biden's Billions. Right. And he just dumps Except off billions everywhere. it's not everywhere. his money. Right. 
right? It's our, our money. money. And ships it off. So yep. uh, to me, I just, I felt like it, it, it fell flat for me. And I did stay up, I have to admit. I stayed up and I watched the debate between, you know, all the different pundits mm-hmm. on different stations and their takes. But I, I think there, people were trying to be kind because of the moment. And it is a big moment in our nation's history. But I even think on, on networks like CNN and others, I think everybody kind of knew, like, oof, that's the best you've got. Yeah. Okay. To your point of little and shriveled. Yep. Small take. <laughs> so would you like him to have declared war like it's it's time no to... sir okay. no okay. no just, no I'm no just asking i just i just need more conviction i need something to say okay like and i and i said yesterday give him a little bit of credit for going over to israel because you, you talked about the historical significance of him being there during the battle so he gets points for that for sure but it's again it's this so and like I'm anti-war, so I'm not saying we should go to war. I'm I'm on the complete opposite side of you know the Lindsey Grahams of the world, but it's just the projection of weakness that he gives off, which is why I don't I don't believe we would be in this spot today with Trump because whatever you want to say about Trump, and he makes jokes about Kim Jong Un, and he says this about the other guy, Trump had an ability to be strict, strong, and stern yet also kind of massage those other world leaders' egos. Mm -hmm. And I think his detractors use that against him. And that's fine. That's how politics works. I understand the game. But he's also a guy that was, you know, he was able to say, don't do it, don't do it, but then also say, you're a pretty smart guy. You're a pretty smart guy. Like, Joe doesn't have that, that, um, that charisma and that ability to play the, to play the game, so to speak. Trump played the game really well. Let's play some of the audio because for – I would assume because of the Phillies last night, not many people watched I this. Actually, I actually got tweets about that saying, no, I didn't watch yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so point. for the early morning listeners, let's play some uh, cut. Okay. I'm going to start with cut 10 here, Daniel. Um, this is Biden talking about American leadership holding the world together and the funding of both Israel and Ukraine to Don's point about uh, all the money that we're going to be sending over seas soon. Cut 10 here. American leadership is what holds the world together. American alliances will keep us, America, safe. American values are what make us a partner that other nations want to work with. To put all that at risk, if we walk away from Ukraine, if we turn our backs on Israel, it's just not worth it. That's why tomorrow I'm going to send to Congress an urgent budget request to fund America's national security needs, to support our critical partners, including Israel and Ukraine, is a smart investment that's going to pay dividends for American security for generations. Help us keep American troops out of harm's way. Help us build a world that is safer, more peaceful, more prosperous for our children and grandchildren. In Israel, we must make sure that they have what they need to protect their people today and always. The security package I'm sending to Congress and asking Congress to do is an unprecedented commitment to Israel's security that will sharpen Israel's qualitative military edge, which we've committed to, the qualitative military edge. We're going to make sure Iron Dome continues to guard the skies over Israel. There you go. I feel like an Iron Dome hit me in the skull last night. Uh, We're talking about war machine profits. He mentions words like leadership and American values. 
clearly American values have changed under this administration, and he is not a great leader. But I'm also wondering, too, if this, you know, hey, we've got we've to see this through to the end with, with Ukraine and Russia, and we're not going to turn our back on Israel and everything right now. It does, also doesn't seem like they're really overly uh, hell-bent on supporting Israel, once again, like massaging the egos of, of the Palestinian Hamas terrorists. But is is this commitment to the never ending funding of Russia, Ukraine, kind of like what he believes to be his makeup or make good for the botched withdrawal in Afghanistan? Like, oh, we can't pull out of here now as well because it was a disaster what we did in the summer of 2021. I've had that thought running through my head. It's like it's like, you know, two wrongs doesn't make a right. Like you botched that. And now more than ever, Americans uh, and I was wrong on this a few weeks ago when I thought maybe more than 50 percent of Americans still supported the the aid to Ukraine. It's much lower than that. I think it was, what, 44 percent or whatever the number we gave. So um, because of our economy, too. Right. Right. And this is the president who, by the way, at the same time, Big Daddy doling out our dollars, then is wants to arm the IRS and crack down on the working man, so to speak. You know, oh, you better pay your taxes. Where, Where's our aid package mm-hmm. for less taxes or what have you? We don't have leniency on that. Nope. And then I and I, I believe we mentioned this at the end of Kale and Company uh, yesterday, but that Josh Paul, the State Department, you know, gentleman who'd worked there 11 years, who's, who publicly, and this I can't remember many times in my career, you know, seeing something like this where somebody's a State Department veteran and this Josh Paul resigns and it's over the military aid package that he says this administration is repeating past mistakes. I, I don't even know that it was political. I just think he felt like this is the we're going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, you know, just to sum it up, I think that he feels we're throwing money at this. And the one who's going to intercept the money is actually the very people who are committing the, the terror. Yes, that's a good point. 855-839-1210. Uh, somebody also asked about uh, the hostages. What are we doing about the hostages? Joe Biden addressed that. This is cut eight, Daniel. Oval Office and the President of the United States. Joe Biden. Good evening, my fellow Americans. We're facing an inflection point in history. One of those moments where the decisions we make today are going to determine the future for decades to come. That's what I'd like to talk with you about tonight. Now, early this morning, I returned from Israel. <clears throat> they tell me I'm the first American president to travel there during the war. I met with the prime minister and members of his cabinet. And most movingly, I met with Israelis who had personally lived through horrific horror of the attack by Hamas on the 7th of October. More than 1,300 people slaughtered in Israel, including at least 32 American citizens. Scores of innocents, from infants to the elderly grandparents, Israelis, Americans taken hostage. As I told the families of Americans being held captive by Hamas, we're pursuing every avenue to bring their loved ones home. As president, there is no higher priority for me than the safety of Americans held hostage. The terrorist group Hamas unleashed pure, unadulterated evil in the world. But sadly, the Jewish people know perhaps better than anyone that there is no limit to the depravity of people when they want to inflict pain on others. In Israel, I saw people who were strong, determined, resilient, and also angry, in shock, and in deep, deep pain. Well, not a bad part of that speech right there. Nothing really for me to nitpick at that, although I would say, let's see how long it takes you to bring those American hostages home. 
That's what I would like to know. And and what are you willing to give up? Because we've seen trades in the past that did not work out in Joe's favor when people analyzed them the, post-trade. The one thing I don't understand about this is that what what was the point of the address? Like, it, I think it's to say that we're nowhere near ending any of these conflicts. The it's money. more of a continuation of the funding of it. It's, it's the funding. And yeah. so that's – if you're going to make a sales pitch, think yeah, about sure. the sales department. If you, you essentially, as at this point – you're the president of the United States of America. You've got to convince your people who are who are hurting financially and economically with inflation that you know most most people haven't seen in their lifetimes, right? So you're trying. You've got to be the salesperson. You've got to hoorah. You've got to rally every American and say, "Look, there's trouble in the world. Ukraine. You've got you, the Ukraine situation. You've got Russia." You've got China, you've got Israel, you've got all the enemies surrounding Israel. You've got to paint the picture, and you've got to say, we've got Americans down somewhere 100 feet down in a cave. Mm-hmm. So we got to bring home our American people. we got to show the world we are strong, USA, okay? I, I wish he had the energy, and I thought, I loved your point yesterday, Nick Hale. It was, the be- it was the best point that you made about Biden here in Philadelphia mm-hmm. with that red lighting behind him and the U.S. Marines that we hated that he used for a prop. Yep. But it was a great point you made. Think about his energy and uh, hoorah. It was like Darth Biden. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he had so much more energy when he was talking about mega Republicans. Yep. I wish we had seen some of that fight in him when he was when he was trying to rally Ameri- the yeah. American people. He's, he's shown more energy at times about removing your dishwashers and your appliances <laughs> that he wants to go That's green so energy true. on. It's just, so true. It's just a PR nightmare. If you're like evaluating them from a public relations standpoint, they just miss the point. Yeah. Nine out of every ten times. And so to Greg's point, you know, did did that speech that he gave last night, did that make anybody feel like, oh yeah, we we have no other choice? No. We no. have to give one hundred billion with a B dollars. Yeah. Oh yep. my goodness. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I don't know what I just if the point was to ensure, like, let everybody know, let the American people know, hey, your money is going to be well spent. <laughs> I don't know if that if if that was no. if that you know hit the mark. It, it was almost more of like a hey, um, you ain't seen nothing yet. We're not we're not even at the halfway point of this ball game, so be prepared. This is going to keep going on and on. But usually, when they have a night, when a president has a nighttime address like this, it's usually, I get it about the money, but it's usually to. And not like like big announcement, right. like we're yes. doing this or we're doing that. Mm-hmm. This just seemed like I feel like he could have ha- held a press conference at one o'clock in the afternoon right. and said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna bring all of our hostages home. I'm gonna spare no expense yep. to do that. And oh, by the way, uh, we need another hundred billion dollars for both Ukraine and Israel, and it, been done yeah. with it. It felt like this was just his way of putting the icing on the cake after the return home from Israel. Like here, uh, by the way, to let I, everybody know, yeah, to let the American people know that he did it in case they weren't paying attention. That, that's correct. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. We will come back. Joe Biden's disapproval rating hits a record high, and as far as Donald Trump goes, the latest Morning Consult Bloomberg News poll: Trump is on a great path right now in key battleground states. Those details as we wrap up hour number one of Kale and Company next on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Nick, Don, and Greg here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Don will have some news to kick off hour number two. What's on the cut sheet one hour from now? 
And uh, also the debut of a new segment on Fridays, Stalker's Mailbag and a segment called Ask Us Anything that we will debut at 9.30. Ask Us Anything? Ask Us Anything. 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 That's right. Um, do do we want to solicit questions on Twitter and YouTube now? Maybe the guys in the back can maybe stockpile them and start yes. gathering them? I, I will as well. Okay. So, yes. Yes, we will... We will do this. And by the way, it's not. This isn't stalkers' mailbag. This is the the email bag for the show. Oh, okay. So. So is there an email address that we can promote, or is it just yours? No, it's just mine. Okay. So then it's stalkers, isn't it? Greg Stalker at Odyssey dot com. If you want, okay. Send send an email that you want us to answer. And by the way, I'm just putting it out there too. If you email me, just know that at some point it might be read right over the air. Yes. Okay. I don't know if we were creating like a generic email, no. like Kaling Company at Odyssey dot com no. or something like that. No, but okay. it's I'm my. Email addresses on the website, so I'm the first line of defense for all yous. Okay. He's yeah. like a scud missile. He is. A stud, a stud missile. <laughs> a stud missile. Man. <laughs> 855-839-1210 if you want to jump in. So here's some of the financial figures as far as what Joe is requesting and the request that he has made to Congress. Uh, $14 billion for Israel. Remember, this is the game we're playing. It's called Biden's Billions. It'll be on the Game Show Network later today. $14 billion for Israel. $60 billion more for Ukraine. $10 billion for general humanitarian aid, $7 billion for the Indo-Pacific, $100 million for Gaza, and $14 billion to process illegal immigrants quicker at the southern border. That is how he is spending your money. Billions upon billions upon billions. Like a drunken sailor on a Friday night. Uh, but his disapproval rating is very staggering as Joe Biden's uh, lack of connecting with the American public has now hit a record high, uh, and this story courtesy of the New York Post from a CNBC survey, President Biden's disapproval rating is the highest it's ever been as the 80-year-old incumbent president vies for a second term in office. A record 58% of Americans do not approve of Biden's performance in the White House, a CNBC survey released on Wednesday found. The president received particularly low marks for his handling of the economy only 32% of the nation approves. And his foreign policy, which obviously would include what we're talking about last night, Russia, Ukraine, Israel, Hamas, the Middle East, only 31% approve of his handling of foreign policy. Uh, a Republican pollster, Micah Roberts, told CNBC, quote, you don't get sub-40 approval ratings without losing large chunks of your base, and that is what is happening here. Democratic pollster Jay Campbell told the outlet, Biden's numbers amongst young voters, blacks and Latinos, are, quote, very troubling. Quote, you start to think that maybe they've run out of patience and it's starting to show through in their decreasing regard for this president. Uh, And uh, also in the CNBC poll, a potential head-to-head matchup. It's not even potential. It's almost a formality. Between Trump and Biden, Biden would lose by four points to Donald Trump, 46% to 42 percent. And that actually ties into the new morning consult Bloomberg News poll in which they looked at the latest. And this will be the second time this week we've given you different polls with battleground states for swing states. And Donald Trump is winning almost every single one of them. He is up two on Joe in Wisconsin, up one on Joe in Pennsylvania. He has a four-point lead on Joe in North Carolina. He's up four on Biden in Arizona. He's up five on Joe in Georgia, and they are tied at 44% apiece. 
in the state of Michigan. And then also when it comes to the economy, and I know, Dawn, you talked about the economy about 15 minutes ago, a 51% majority of swing state voters said the national economy was better off during the Trump administration, and similar numbers said they would trust Trump over Biden on the economy and getting us out of this ditch going forward by a percentage of 49% to 35 And then also uh, in the CNBC poll, roughly three in four swing state voters said the, econ- uh, the country's economy is headed down the wrong track, and they are more likely than not to say that their personal financial situation was better off under Trump than it was under Joe Biden. I saw something yesterday, and I, I believe Kamala Harris even said this about a month ago. You know, most Americans are a $400 unexpected expense away from not being able to pay for, you know, let's say your HVAC goes or but something like that. That's not a new thing, though. I mean, for as long as I can remember, that statistic has been there. To your point, I've, I've always been a 400 expense away <laughs> for, from not being able to handle the, my finances. But it's just one of these things right now where, where, where you look at it and you're like, man, you know what? Even for maybe the average voter out there that, I don't know, let's say they're moderate Republican, moderate Democrat, maybe they're an independent, they don't really like Trump, but they don't hate him, let's say. If that person exists out there, I think everybody's got to just arrive at the conclusion that, you know what, if it's really about making my life better on a bi-weekly basis, just give me the guy, and I don't even care about the baggage. I don't care about the posts and the all capitals. Like most of us live paycheck to paycheck. To me, that should be that should be the end of the conversation right there. But sadly, it's not because some people they just loathe this guy so bad they would rather punish themselves than see him back in the office. And I, I, that's probably a lot to do with Rachel Maddow and Cher, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, and to your point, I think a lot of a lot of the people who might feel might have voted for him and supported him, have received a lot of support from maybe their parents and grandparents. Mm-hmm. Maybe with the belt tightening, maybe maybe that is a reality check for a lot of spoiled people who, ser- I'm serious, were helped so much by their family members. <laughs> John and, Fetterman. <laughs> like that. And, and, well, that's unusual because he was well, you know, well into his 50s and they were still right. you know, paying for his house and so on. But I do think that there is, whether you call it trickle down or whatever you want to say, when you have parents and grandparents supporting people and all of a sudden they're saying, you know what, I I have a fixed, you know, I have my savings. It's all locked up. I can't, sorry, mm-hmm. I can't pay your car payment anymore. I can't pay this. I can't. So I think that ultimately then that belt tightening happens. People look out there and now all of a sudden when it affects them, mm-hmm. then they they, it's like the Bill Clinton, I feel your pain. You yeah. know, all of a sudden you're in this together and you go, ooh, he's done a bad job with the economy. Right. And more people than ever now dipping into their 401ks and taking out loans against themselves and perhaps even an old 401k at a job that they left and they get hit with the 10% penalty and people are grabbing an yeah. extra two grand just to make ends meet for the rest of the year. You know, we did not see – and that's not something that happened like in the heart of the pandemic. That That's stuff that's happening end of 22, mm-hmm. beginning of 23 – and yeah. here we are wrapping up 23. And we're wrapping up hour number one, yeah. 855-839-1210. Maybe we can trade Rachel Maddow and Cher, send them over to Hamas, and get 30 American hostages in return. I think a two-for-30 deal sounds incredibly enticing right now. Those details on the other side as we continue. Kale & Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel in partnership 
with Valley Forge a Casino. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. I love it. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. I'm looking ahead to Sunday. I can't believe the Eagles and Dolphins game is still at Eagles minus two and a half. I I know I heard somebody on our sister station this morning picking the Dolphins this weekend. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I will take the Eagles minus two and a half all day. Visit FanDuel.com slash Greg, FanDuel.com slash Greg. This NFL season, FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210WPHT. And he's the official partner of the NFL. 21 and over, president of PA. First online run money wager, only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as now withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.